0: And thank the Lord for another opportunity to be in church. I love being in the house of God. Um, I'm, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Job, chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 8. I was in church Sunday. And um, I was in church last night. And I'm glad to be in church tonight. Amen. Amen. Everything good in my life has come from the house of God, yes. and it's a blessing. And uh, I'm I'm with uh, Brother Moats tonight. That uh, I love church, love the house of God, and God's been faithful to me. I've not always been faithful to God, but God's always been faithful to me. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. I wonder if there's any anybody here tonight that maybe maybe there's a lot of things that don't move you you know maybe maybe it takes a whole lot to get you scared maybe it takes a whole lot for you to be intimidated by anything I'm, I'm seeing some really strong tough looking men out here and uh, maybe I'm preaching to you it, it don't take much to, it takes a lot to get you going takes a lot to get you upset. But I wonder if there's anybody in this house that says, I, I want to easily be moved by the word of God. Yes. Amen. I, I, I don't even, just give me the simple word of God and that's enough to move me. Yes. I want to tell you, I came here tonight with a simple word from the Lord. But I'm, but I'm asking you tonight, can you be moved by the word of the Lord tonight? It's the word of God that saves us, and we are begotten by his word. Thank God for the wonderful music. that we, I love music, but can I tell you, that's not what saves us. And thank God for really good preachers that are able to preach really good. Amen. Get us shouting and get us excited. Hallelujah. But can I tell you, really what saves us is, is he preaching the truth? Is he preaching the word of the Lord to us? Amen. Job chapter 1 and verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, "Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. This is... um, we're seeing two different opinions of Job being expressed in this passage. God's opinion is that Job is a perfect and an upright man. Satan's opinion, however, he sees something different. He sees uh, somebody, the only reason he's doing that is because you're just handing everything to him. You're making it so easy on him. and, and But I'm going to tell you, he's not what you think what well, you you touch touch him just just the right way and he'll completely turn his back on you lord and so <clears throat> this is about two different opinions on on one man um satan was talking bad about Job, and god was talking good about him and so i want to um just bring in a simple message tonight um Gossip, if you must gossip, gossip like Jesus. Amen. If you must talk about somebody, do it the way God does. Amen. If you've if you got to reveal something about somebody, reveal it the way God does. I wonder if anybody wants the word to challenge your heart tonight. Why don't you lift your hand, pray with me tonight. Lord, we need your help. God, I need your help. God, I've come into this house to preach without fear and without favor. I've come in the authority that you have given me, Lord, to preach your word. Let it do what it was set forth to do. God, change us. Help us to be what you want us to be tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Gossip is defined as casual or unconstrained conversations about other people. Uh, Gossip is something that we do behind somebody's back uh, when they're not around. And gossip, it usually refers to unconfirmed reports about people. Um, In other words, I heard... That so-and-so did this. And did you hear that so-and-so? Just trying to confirm whether this is true and whether this is right or not. Did you hear that so-and-so said this or said that? And so gossip, it is uh, when we are, we're speaking of somebody with the intent, whether it's conscious or subconscious It's the intent to tear down somebody or to belittle somebody. Now, before I get uh, started too much here tonight, I'm preaching about gossiping, and I'm and I'm preaching that you should not gossip. I I don't want to be I don't want to be misunderstood, and I don't want to be unclear. Amen. I've come to i i I've, I've come to talk about gossip and the dangers of gossip. And um, i i just i'm just going to be upfront with you tonight and tell you that what I'm preaching about is a challenge, and it's very difficult. I'll be the first to admit that I have struggled with this in my own life of gossiping, and the reason is is that all of us struggle with this, is because it's in our nature to reveal things about people. It's in our God-given nature to reveal things about people. And we see all through the scriptures, the nature of God is to reveal things about people. And uh, this is one example that I read tonight about job from when I when I read this passage and we see where God has has is having a meeting and everybody's there and all the angels are there and Satan is there uh it's unprovoked I don't I don't know why he brought it up but God just couldn't help himself but talk about job he uh he 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 just couldn't he couldn't help himself And and my God, if all people you're going to talk to about somebody, talk to them about them with the devil. Amen. Some of you do that. You don't even know. You're talking to the devil about somebody. (laughs) Not a good idea. Man, because there's some devilish people that they will take it and run with it. But this is what God did. He started, he started talking about Job. I feel like I'm on something here tonight. <laughs> this is what God did. And he, uh, he started talking about Job. And we see that God likes to talk about people. And we see that Satan likes to talk about people. The Bible teaches us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Many people fall into the trap of thinking that it makes, it makes them appear holy and perceptive and spiritual when they're able to see and find the flaws in others. They feel like uh, they, must, they must be spiritual to be able to discern the weaknesses and the shortcomings of their brothers and sisters. Or else how would they be able to notice? And how else could they be able to see so easily and quickly the problems that their brother and their sister has? As though it is able to, that somehow when someone's able to pinpoint a flaw, that that somehow makes them above the flaw that they have pinpointed. I don't want to burst your bubble, but it actually does not make you spiritual and it doesn't make you perceptive and it doesn't make you uh, holy when you're able to find the flaw and pinpoint the flaw in your brother or sister, but rather it puts you on the level of Satan himself because Satan is the accuser of the brethren and Satan, he works to find and point out the flaws and the mistakes of every human that he can. I'm going to tell you, the devil, he does it to you. He, 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 when you look at yourself in the mirror, the devil will lie to you. He'll tell you, you don't look pretty and you don't look good. you got to do this. you got to do that. The devil, the devil is accusing me when I got on this platform, telling me all the reasons why I can't preach the message that I'm about to preach. He'll accuse me. He reminds me of my past and reminds me of things that I've done. I'm going to tell you, that's what the devil does. He points out flaws. The devil, there's nobody can find the flaws in me better than the devil can. And nobody can find the flaws of people in this church and your brothers and sisters than the devil. Revelation 12, 10 says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now let's come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down who accused them before our God. Listen to this day and night. Hallelujah. That's the devil's full-time job. When he gets up in the morning and when he goes to bed at night, he's accusing you. He's accusing your brother. He's accusing your sister. He's doing everything he can to tear the church down. He's doing everything he can to attack your character, to attack your motives, amen, to attack your future, to attack your past. And there's only one thing that overcomes him. By the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Thank God. We know what he's telling us is true. We know what we've done. We know we got a bad passing. We know we made a lot of mistakes. But thank God we've overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of
1: our testimony. We look across the aisle and we see somebody testifying. They once were bound, but God delivered them. They once were on there. They were doing stupid things like me. But look at him now. And that's how we overcome the devil.
0: Amen, because there's a God who covers our mistakes while the devil wants to reveal our mistakes. If you want to be like God, learn how to cover the mistakes of your brothers and sisters. It's his full-time job. Finding fault is the nature of Lucifer himself. And when you find fault, with a brother or sister, it makes you an accomplice to Satan himself. Amen. That's not a, that's not a good position to be in. The Bible tells us about a man who had uh, a weakness. Uh, he had a character fall. And he, uh, he did a lot of things... That he shouldn't have done, and you think, well, uh, you know, you must be talking about one of the the heathens in the scriptures. No, I'm, I'm I'm talking about our one of our fathers in the faith. His name was Jacob, and and Jacob, he was the uh, grandson of Abraham, and. Uh, He is who Jesus Christ himself descended out of from the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Jacob had flaws, and Jacob had problems, and Jacob was not perfect. I appreciate the honesty of the Bible, and and, in every single great man of God throughout the Bible, you're going to find that they had problems, they had flaws, they had shortcomings, they weren't perfect. They did stupid things. They did things that were out of line with the will of God. Amen. And the the Bible is clear. And the Bible teaches us that the greatest men in the Bible made some very stupid decisions and grave mistakes. And Jacob was no different. We see where he was a manipulator and a cheater and even lied. And uh, one day... After years of uh, wrestling with his, his nature and his, his character, we see where he, he, uh, God met him in, in the middle of the night, and he got alone with God, and nobody saw what happened. Nobody saw this prayer meeting. Nobody saw what was going on. It was just him and God and wrestling with an angel of the Lord, and, and in that wrestling match, he was saying, I want you to bless me. I want you to change me. And if you know the story, the Bible says that the angel trying to get away from Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And, and he, uh, his, his thigh was out of joint. And so he got what he was praying for. He got the, he got the character change, and God touched his spirit. He got, he got what he was praying about, and he was a different man. But the Bible says in, in Genesis 32 and 31 that as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. And so we see that Jacob, the, their father, uh, of the, the who name was turned to Israel, and who was the the one man who was the embodiment of who they were as a people and as they were as who they were as a nation, they came out of this man Jacob. They were they were born through this man Jacob, and they they were alive and they were uh, in the uh, in uh, numbered as the people of God because of Jacob. But Jacob had some character flaws, and Jacob wasn't perfect. And this limp that he had was the constant reminder of all of the problems that he had, and the, and every time anybody saw Jacob limping around, uh, it was a it was a reminder and a strong and a bold and a clear reminder that their their father was not perfect. And the, the one who they descended from was not perfect and he had shortcomings. Amen. But can I tell you, there was something in the people, in the children of Israel, the children of Jacob that said, I refuse to feast on the failures of my father, Jacob, who is termed turned to Israel. And so every time they ate a lamb, which was the symbol of the mercy of God in in their life, uh, they would avoid the hollow of the thigh of that lamb, uh, and they wouldn't touch it. Uh, they wouldn't eat it. Uh, and when they were delivered out of the Israel, or uh, delivered out of uh, Egypt, uh, and they were delivered out of the bondage and the oppression of Pharaoh, and they were they were brought out of that dark place and that and that uh, what is the type of sin and the bondage of sin for us? Uh, we see that they had to eat the lamb that way, and they had to apply the blood on the doorpost, uh, and they had to eat all of the lamb. But can I tell you? There was a part of the lamb that they didn't touch uh, and they did not feast on uh, and that was the hollow of the thigh of that lamb uh, because they wanted to not pay attention uh, to the flaws uh, of their brother and of their father Jacob Uh, they didn't want to even think about it Uh, while they were eating the mercy of God uh, they wanted to make sure they did not eat uh, of the shortcomings of their brothers Uh, I come to warn you
1: I come to challenge somebody uh, that it's the lamb of God that gave you mercy enough to get out of sin and you would not even be here today if it were not for that lamb that was slain and for the blood that was applied. And just remember that what you feel right now, it's the mercy of God in your life. It's the the blood of the lamb. That's the reason your family's here. It's the blood of the lamb. It's the reason you're in your right mind tonight. And so remember what I'm telling you. If you're going to make it out of Egypt, if you're going to make it to the promised land, you got to get a revelation. Do not feast on the failures of your brother. Don't feast on the failures of the one who born you. And the one you came out of. you got to be careful to avoid yes.
0: the, the weaknesses of the church that we were born into. I'm going to tell you, the church has imperfections, and, and you don't have to look hard at all, and you'll see the church limping, Brother Darren Moats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I knew I was in the Holy Ghost when Brother Darren Moats got up and said what he said. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you, there is always a limp in the church. But what God's looking for is for the other part of the body to not, amen, push down on the weakness uh, on the other side. Uh, to not push down on the weakness of their brother. To not put their weight uh, on the weakness that they're seeing and the shortcomings and the imperfections. Uh, but you know what you want to do? Uh, amen. You want to take the focus off uh, of the weaknesses. Uh, you want to take your focus off of the failures of Jacob. Uh, you need
1: to take your focus. Uh, it's way you're going to be saved. Uh, it's the only way you're going to get out of Egypt. Uh, you need to shift your focus uh, over on the strengths uh, and over on the goodness of the Lord uh, and over on the mercy of God. Uh, amen. Nobody in the need around the, the table in the family needs to be paying attention uh, to the hollow of the thigh. Uh, nobody needs to be feasting on it around the dinner table. Nobody needs to be talking about the man of God uh, or the brother or the sister that did you wrong. No, don't even Pay attention to it. Come on, get your eyes off of it. And you need to get your eyes on the cross. And the mercy of God that brought you here. I'm telling you, none of us would make it. If it were not for the mercy of God, we are dependent on the Lamb. <laughs> oh, somebody give the Lord praise. Oh,
0: God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's important not focus on the shortcomings of the church and your brothers and your sisters because we veer towards what we focus on. My dad taught me when I was driving, if you're on a two-lane road and the headlights are coming at you, don't look at the headlights. This has been good advice. He said, look at the white line. He said, because you're going to go toward what you look at. And this is true for us today. You're going to go toward what you look at. Constantly thinking about and talking about the flaws of others will cause us to instinctively let down our guard. And we'll more easily allow ourselves to indulge in the same practices. It's that everybody's doing it. You yeah, be careful about people that are talking about the shortcomings of others. It may be that they're building a case to justify their actions. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I know what I'm preaching about tonight because I've lived to it very close in my house. And I can tell you that if you eat of the wrong things... And you eat of the failures, it'll become poison. Hallelujah. You don't do it for Jacob's sake. You do it for your sake. Yeah. Satan knows that if you reveal and point the focus on flaws, it'll cause you to become what you eat. You'll become what you eat. You'll, your, your, your life and your body and your family will begin to manifest what you are eating. God, help us to not peace on the weaknesses of the church. You're nobody special when you can see the flaws. I said you're nobody special when you can see the weaknesses and you can see the shortcomings. Hallelujah. I said you are nobody special when you are able to find the spiritual shortcomings of your brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, what Susie says
1: of Sally says more of Susie than of Sally. If you want to know about Susie, listen to what she's saying about Sally. I said if you want to know the kind of person Susie is, listen to how she's describing Sally. And you just got a description of Susie. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us tonight. uh, Deliver us from backbiting. uh, Deliver us from condescending. uh, Deliver us from looking down our noses at others. uh, God, deliver us uh, from pride. uh, God, deliver us. uh, Why can't we just be humble? uh, Why can't we just say, God, uh, I need you, uh, instead of trying to fix somebody else? Uh, you got enough on your hands trying to fix yourself, brother. You need to come to the altar. Don't talk about who else is. You need to come to the altar. You need to point your finger at yourself tonight and say, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. I'm the one that needs your mercy. I'm the one that needs deliverance. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hallelujah. Don't say about others what you wouldn't say about yourself. Because whatever you can find to say about somebody in... Your brother and your sister. My experience is that I could find the same to say about you. It, blo- it blows my mind. You all have no idea. I have people. I listen to people, what they're saying about somebody else in the church. <laughs> and I think... My God, can you not even see yourself? <laughs> yeah Amen. I heard one pastor say i started I, I started doing this, and people talking about the falls of others i I started and, you know I'd listen I nod, and then I'd put my arm around him, said, Brother, how's your smoking problem going well how Hallelujah. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery was taken to Jesus by a group of men who were not willing to deal with their own sin the way they were prepared to deal with the woman's sin. They were prepared to stone her to death. They were prepared to snuff her out. They were prepared. My God will kick her out of the church. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to preach at you really hard. I wish I knew some of you better. I could really preach good tonight. And they were, they were prepared. But then when Jesus turned the tables and started writing in the sand, they said, oh, yeah. I guess I'm worthy of being stoned, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My goal is to preach until it gets real quiet in here tonight. And we're getting there. man. We're getting really close. <clears> they <throat> said, we're not prepared. We're not prepared to deal with ourselves the way we're prepared to deal with this lady. Hallelujah. When the king delivers you of a debt you cannot pay, be careful about finding a brother that owes you $50 and grabbing around the neck and say, boy, you better pay. My God, it's $50. Can you not get over it? Can you not see how small and insignificant that is uh,
1: compared uh, to what the king just delivered you from? You owed a debt you couldn't pay, and it was going to cost you your life. It was going to cost you your family, and you had no choice, and you had no hope. But he said, I'll let you walk free. I'll give you a new life, I'll give you a new future. And how soon you forgot, and you get so upset over $50.
0: Jesus, he talked good about Job. While Satan talked bad about him. The Jesus way of gossiping is that while Satan's talking bad and pointing out the flaws, Jesus, he's saying, oh, no, he's a good man. He's saying, oh, no, he loves me and he's faithful. Hallelujah. We see that God, he did the same thing with Gideon. Gideon was threshing wheat behind the wine press. He was a coward. He was hiding in fear. A man of God, but yet full of fear and and full of doubt and unbelief, which is a sin. And he's hiding behind the wine press. He's threshing wheat. He's hiding because he's afraid of the enemy. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Boy, that angel wouldn't make a very good gossiper. (laughs) You totally just missed it. You missed it on Gideon. (laughs) Oh Yeah, let me tell you, a lot of us would be a lot wiser than that angel, wouldn't we? We'd be a lot more spiritual than that angel, wouldn't we? Are you all having fun tonight? No, 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 no. No, y'all don't clap. We'd be, I mean, come on. He's obviously... Threshing wheat behind the wine press. He's obviously a coward. And you just say your mighty man of valor, you don't know him like I do. Man, thank God. Hallelujah. That some of you don't know me. Like God knows me. And then, and then when when the, the angel of the Lord said, I got, I got a job for you, Gideon. I want to have you save Israel. You're gonna save Israel. <laughs> All right? And and then, but then Gideon said, God, you, you got the wrong person. He said, I am I'm from the least tribe, and not only am I at the least of all the tribes, I, my family is the least of all the families in the least tribe. And then he said, Not only is my family the least of all the least, but I am the least in my family. You know what that makes? That means
1: I'm the least of everybody.
0: And, and then he said, Oh, let the Lord be with us, where's the miracles? That our father's talking about. He was saying God ain't doing miracles. God's not doing the healing business anymore. Uh, everything's just going the to, to pot and everything's in this this world's going to hell in a handbasket. And here I am, I'm just trying to thresh enough wheat for my family and hide from the enemy. And when he got done saying all that, the angel said, Go this in thy might. And you'll save Israel. Hallelujah. Well, I want to point out real good and clear what happened next. Gideon said, you talking to me? It, started, it kind of started sinking in. You talking about me? You not know, hear what I said? You not know, see what I'm doing back here?
1: And He said, mighty man of valor."
0: And he said, hey,
1: really? Oh, yeah, go this in thy might. Yeah. All right. He said, I'm going to do it.
0: Put down the weed and walked around the that wine press and he said, All right, devil, all right, enemy. I'll take you on. And you know what he did? He started fighting. He found an altar, and he rebuilt an altar, and Gideon started fighting. And would you believe that even though he was hiding behind the wine press, and even though he was at least in Israel, when that angel started coming down there and talking good about Gideon, uh,
1: something got in Gideon. uh, And he said, I think I can. I think I can do it. Uh, I think I can overcome. I think God can use me. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for angels uh, that will be messengers, uh, not messengers uh, Satan, but uh, messengers of heaven uh, that says you can do it, brother. Uh, I believe in you, brother. Uh, I'm looking past your flaws. Uh, I'm looking past you behind the wine press. Uh, I'm looking past the family you're out of. Uh, I'm looking past your stupid decisions, uh, and I'm telling you, God can use you. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you why I'm behind this pulpit tonight? It's not because man. It's not because my family. But it's because God showed up when I was miserable. When I felt like a nobody. And I felt like I couldn't do it. And the word of God said, you can do it. You're able. My hand's on you. I'll empower you to do it. When the naysayers said something different. When the gossipers were tearing me down. God said, I'm not listening to any of that you can do it can I tell you're going to make it it's going to be because somebody they
0: said I'm not going to go along with the report of the accuser yeah, uh, yeah. even when all the evidence is obvious Hallelujah. There's an old song. It may not be a Pentecostal song, but it's the right song. He looked beyond my faults. Hallelujah. And he saw what I could be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't see me behind the wine press, but you saw something inside of me that you could use. Yo, yo, Lomo C.A. Oh, uh, you didn't see me talking down and talking gloom. You saw me preaching behind a pulpit. Uh, and you said, I, I'm telling you, you can do it. Uh, hey, hey, well, I, I'm telling you, I've had people in my own family, my own siblings. Uh,
1: they, they tell me I couldn't do it. Uh, but can I tell you, I had a God uh, that said you can do it. Uh, I had a God that was standing behind me. Uh, and if you're going to gossip about somebody, I beg you in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, do it like he does. Uh, why don't you talk good about your brother? How about instead of tearing him down like you? Uh, The devil can and anybody else can. Why don't you build them up? Anybody can tear down a wall. But it takes a Nehemiah to build up the wall. And say, I'm not going to tear down the walls of Jerusalem. I'm going to build them up. Uh, (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: When, When Saul, who later was Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus hissing out threats and slaughters against the church. Breathing about how I'm going to kill him. He a mean man, a bad man and he had already killed a lot of Christians. He was on the way to Damascus and God showed up and God shone that big light on him. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you, God, he's in control of the destiny of your brothers and sisters. God's in control of the destiny of Jacob. Jacob shouldn't have even been the one blessed. It should have been Esau, but God says, it's okay. I'll I'll blow your mind, and I'll give it to who I want to give it to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, and then, and then God, he dealt with Saul, and Saul came to his knees, and he was blinded. And then he said, I'm going to send you to a man named Ananias, a a man who had been praying and faithful to God. And then the Lord showed up to Ananias in a vision and said, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. The Lord said unto him, Rise and go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And I've seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him. That he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man. I've heard a lot of talking about this man, Lord. And it's not very good. God, I don't know what you've heard. But I have heard from reliable sources that he's going to kill me. <laughs> Very reliable. And <clears throat> how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. I'm going to tell you. He's, he's messing up your saints. He's doing harm. You, know, you, you haven't heard what I've heard. No, God, he heard it all and he knew it all. And here he hath authority from the chief of priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, he didn't even listen to a word, he said. He said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'm going to tell you, you better be careful about somebody that's praying. I don't care how how many faults they have. And you better be careful about somebody that's a chosen vessel. Can I tell you, man doesn't choose a man. Only God can choose a man. It's God that puts his hand on a man. It's God that calls a man. It's God that puts um,
1: kings in position and he throws them down. And God said, no, he's been praying in Ananias. Uh, and my hand is upon him. And he said, you need to believe in him. Can I tell you why we got a Paul? Can I tell you why we got the New Testament, the most of the New Testament? It's because God was talking good about him when everybody else was talking bad. While all the reports said his future is hopeless. And while all the reports said he's on. Way down. I'm going to tell you God's report uh, It equals a majority uh, I don't care what the world says uh, If God says it's going to work uh, Brother it's going to work uh, If God says uh, he's a good man uh, He's a good man uh, I'm going to tell you when a man's praying uh, And when a man's called uh, He'll come back stronger every time uh, God can shine a light on him
0: I don't care what you've seen and what you've heard and what you know. God's bigger than all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it took a praying man. And it took a godly man like Ananias. To say, okay, God. I'm not seeing what you're seeing. And do we ever see what God sees? Hallelujah. Every Saul needs somebody to tell Ananias that Saul has been praying. And God's hand is on him. Hallelujah. If you're going to gossip, do it like Jesus. You're going to gossip. Try to do it like God does it. When you were broken and when you were confused, when you were on your way to hell, his word came into your life. And when Satan had already accused you and Satan had already labeled you with the name Saul, with the name Jacob, And your reputation had already preceded yourself. But then the word of God showed up. And Jesus, he began speaking those things that are not as though they already are. You mean he was lying? No. Sometimes gossiping is just telling the truth. When you do it like the devil. But sometimes when you do it like Jesus, you've got to speak the things that are not as though they already are. Hallelujah. You've got to speak the future that is not as though it already is instead of speaking a bleak future, instead of speaking a dark future, you've got the power of life and death in your tongue, and you ought to speak life, and you ought to speak prosperity, and you ought to speak uh, God's in control, uh, and and God's in control of the church. Uh, Yeah, the church is walking with the
1: limp, uh, but can I tell you something, uh, that even as an old man leaning on a cane, uh, Jacob looked at that Pharaoh, uh, and he blessed Pharaoh. Uh, Can I tell you, even the church with a limp has got something you need even the church with the limp has got the power to bless you got the power to preach to you got the power to save you from sin
0: hallelujah he said even god who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they are god looks at the dead and says they're not dead tell you about the Jesus kind of gossip he walks into a room where the
1: it's hopeless she's dead
0: professional mourners paid protesters that's what they were oh it's bleak she's dead she's gone Jesus he walked right into that room and he walked up to that girl who was dead and he said oh she's not dead She's just asleep. I'm going to tell you, Jesus can see what you can't see. And I want to see what Jesus sees. Hallelujah. I said, I want to see what Jesus sees amen that's why every once in a while you need a preacher that don't know anything about anybody you need a Paul that says
1: I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified because there might be somebody in here that everybody in this house has already given up on you know all their weaknesses you know all their shortcomings but I don't know any of that I'm going to tell you what God can do he can put his hand on somebody that's hopeless he can put his hand on somebody that's got no future and he says he's got a future God can say, he's got He's got a calling. God can look at somebody that's dead and say, he's alive. You don't know what the future holds. Come on, stop tearing them down. Stop backbiting them. Stop destroying them. Come on. You need to get the hollow of the thigh out of your, get the fork out of the thigh and say, I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm going to talk about the mercy of God. Oh,
0: come on, let's set their hands right now. Let's set their voice. I want everybody in this house to lift up your
1: voice. I want everybody in this room to close your eyes and cry out to the Lord and say, God, help me. Come on, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. yay yeah.
0: Yo, 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 they can come to the music come on somebody cry out somebody pray for your eyes right now
1: somebody pray for your mind your family's at stake you're, you don't want to get a root of bitterness you don't want to put something in your children oh God help us God help us I rebuke every accusation of the enemy I rebuke every lie the devil's told about people in the church you're going to make it brother I came to God Gossip in this house and tell you I don't care how it looks, you're gonna make it. The church is gonna make it. The church is gonna thrive.
0: You got the power in your words to determine whether somebody makes it or not. I said, you got the power in your words to determine whether Saul makes it or not. Hallelujah. You got the power in your words to destroy them. And you got the power to build them up. Hallelujah. You got the power to paint them in somebody else's eyes any way you want. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody needs to realize your tongue is the sickle that reaps the harvest. I said your tongue's the sickle that will either destroy the harvest uh, or it'll reap the harvest. Hallelujah. How are you using your tongue, brother? How are you using your tongue, sister? Is it building up the church? Is it edifying the church? uh, Or is it tearing the church down?
1: You better make a decision today. uh, Amen. You you better learn how to talk like Jesus. uh, You better learn how to speak like he does. uh, Amen. you got to make a decision right now Say God touch my tongue Lord set a watchman upon my lips set a guard about my mouth <sighs>
0: come on let the word of God wash the bitterness out of your heart let the word of God wash the bitterness out of your soul yeah, don't hold any out against your brother and your sister. Come on, somebody needs to reach out and put your arms around the
1: church tonight and say, I'm going to help strengthen where you're weak. I'm going to help strengthen any breach in the wall. Yo, 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 lo, see, Oh, come on, God's
0: called you to make up the hedge between your brothers and your sisters. Yeah yo Oh God Ooh. Oh, why don't you reach over and join with the brother or sister if it's appropriate? Find somebody to pray with. Amen. Do it as an expression of I'm going to help hold the church up. I'm not, I'm not going to move out of the way and let him fall. I'm going to be there to hold him up. I'm going to be there to edify and encourage. Paul said uh, the bitter water and sweet water cannot come out of the same fountain. You cannot speak in tongues on a Wednesday night and
1: tear down your brother on a Thursday. But let it all be sweetness. Let the speaking in tongues you do tonight give you the power to speak in English about your brother tomorrow. Let your speech be as the Lord's speech. Yo, yo,
0: yo, yo, love, mo see. Come on, you need to take the hollow of the
1: thigh off the menu in your house. You need to take the weaknesses of the church off the menu at your dinner table. Do you hear what I'm saying? Take it off the menu. Johnny, I'm not going to let you eat it. Susie, I'm not going to let you eat it. Not in this house. We got to be saved. (laughs) That's not mine anointed. That's any saint of God. If you got the Holy Ghost, they're anointed.
0: (laughs) Come on, you need to pray till something breaks in your heart and it breaks in your spirit. You got some work to do. You need to break your flesh tonight. You got to break your will. You got to humble yourself by the word of God. You got to be easily imposed on. Receive the word of God with meekness tonight.